I told Pastor a couple, about two, two, two or three weeks ago in a staff meeting, he asked us what we'd been studying, where we felt like the Lord was taking us, and where we felt like God was speaking to us at. And I told him, I said, I haven't gotten no further than the first chapter of 1 Samuel. That's where I have been parked, and I can't get out of it. Now, there's many great stories in Samuel. David and Goliath, all those. But what got me here, and I think the reason why I stay there, is just Hannah. (laughs) Hannah. How she longed for so long for not just a child but a son. And that got me to thinking and it got me to wondering. So I just started doing my research and started looking Right, Akana, which was Hannah's husband, he had two wives. Okay. One had children, and Hannah didn't. And year after year, when they would go to Shiloh to offer sacrifice, to worship, he would give a portion to Panana and her children, her sons, her daughters. But to Hannah, whom he loved... The scripture says he gave her a double portion because the Lord had closed up her womb. And her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And this went on year after year. I'm going to read... out of first team, I'm gonna read the first, I'm gonna read verses five through seven. It said, but this might be a little too loud. It said, but to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her up her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival would provoke her till she wept and would not eat. And I found some notes in one of my study Bible, and it said the and it and it was centered on verse five, and it said the Lord had closed her womb. That this described Hannah's barrenness as a direct act of God. He was preparing her to give her a son, Samuel, in his own time and way. At times, God may take us through disappointments or lead us into situations in which we feel that we do not have what is necessary to accomplish his plans for our lives. We should do as Hannah did. We should take our situation and hurt directly to God and wait for him to take care of them in the way that he knows are best. And there was a few things in that passage, in that notes that just kind of jumped out at me. It was that God was preparing her. It wasn't that God said no. God just said, you got to wait a second. Because the very thing that you're asking me for, you're not ready for yet. It also showed me, like I just said, it's God, God's no isn't always for good. It's just no for right now. I need you to wait to get ready. to give you what you've been asking for. And then it hit me, you know, yeah, that was Hannah's longing. She wanted a son. 
She desired to have a baby, to have a son. But that can be, I think that can be applied in different parts of our lives, whether we want a new job, a better paying job, a raise, one day somebody, a spouse, a breakthrough in your ministry or a ministry, and like Hannah, to have a baby. There's nothing wrong with none of those things. But in God's time, he wants to give us these things, but not at the expense of him being put in second place. That's what kind of, that's what I felt like just kind of popped out. He's like, no, I want to give you the things if it lines up with me, but not at the expense of me being put second in your life. It said that in verse 9, and I'm going to read this from the message version because I like the way that version puts it. It said, to Hannah 8, then she pulled herself together, slipped away quietly, and entered the sanctuary. The priest Eli was on duty at the entrance to God's temple in the customary seat. Crushed in soul, Hannah prayed to God and cried and cried inconsolably. Then she made a vow. O God of the angel's army, if you'll take a good hard look at my pain, if you'll quit neglecting me and go into action for me by giving me a son, I'll give him completely unreservedly to you. I'll set him apart for a life of holy discipline. Hannah slipped away quietly to the sanctuary. She didn't make a big production. She didn't let everybody know what she was doing. She just eased away. I think Hannah had gotten to the point she wasn't worried about what people around her were thinking. She needed to be in that audience of one, to be in that audience with God. Because she come to a point where she knew that, you know, God is the only one that can change the situation. He's the only one that can make it better, but I need time with him and I don't need nobody else to know about it. I don't have to broadcast it on and let people know. Or in our days, we don't have to put it on social media and let everybody know what we're fixing to go do. And that she was crushed in soul. That she prayed to God and that she cried. And she cried inconsolably. She was broken. She was broken, and I think if anybody had been around her, I don't think she would have cared at that point. I really don't. She was desperate. She wanted a move of God in her life. This wasn't, this wasn't for a show. She, she needed that time with God. Another thing that really jumped out at me is Hannah was specific when she prayed her prayer in the first chapter of Samuel. She wasn't vague about nothing. She didn't beat around the bush about anything. She didn't go, well, God, if it's your will, you know, maybe you'll let me have a baby one day. She didn't do any of that. She was very specific about what she wanted. She asked for a son. She asked, <clears throat> excuse me, that she went boldly to him, boldly before God's throne, and said, I, I want a son. And if you give me this, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. 
Now, as a mother, I remember even telling Pastor Statman, I said, there's no way. I'm ded- I dedicated my kids, being brought up in the church, but there's no way I could do what Hannah done. And Pastor promptly replied, he said, yeah, that's why you wouldn't, Hannah. Totally right. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. My kids are going to be with me. If not, they're not going to be too far from me. But Hannah was, I think, in that season where she was barren, he, God was using that time to get her ready to, able, to be able to do what she said she would do. I think sometimes we long for something so much that if we get it, it wouldn't take too much for it to take to become something of an idol in our lives, whether it be a child or whether it be a, a job, a raise, anything that we've longed for, that we've desired for. I think, yes, God has to get us ready, prepare us to do it, but I think, too, you know, to make sure, kind of like how he did with Abraham and Isaac. You know, he took him up there. But before he even went up there, he said, me and the boy, we're going to return. But he was willing. And we all know how it ended. God said, the angel said, no, don't do it. You have a sacrifice there. But she made a vow to God with that. And she found favor that day. She found favor with God. Now, Eli thought she'd been drinking. He even said as much, what are you doing and how much longer are you going to keep drinking? And she told him, she said, I'm deeply troubled. I'm not drunk. She said, it's out of great anguish and grief that I'm here, that I'm praying. And Eli's reply was, you know, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked him for. And then in verse 20, it picks up. It says, so in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. In the course of time. In the course of time, God moved in Hannah's life. And he answered her prayer. I know sometimes I felt, and I'm sure some of you have too, you know, God, okay, when is my course of time going to get here? You know, when is that thing that I've been praying for and longing for? When will it happen? And as I was praying about some things in my own life, you know, I even asked God that. I'm like, what am I missing? What am I missing here? What am I not, what am I not catching? You know, and he just, and then I felt the Holy Spirit just ask me this. He said, when was the last time that you slipped away and sought me like Hannah did? When was the last time you had that one-on-one time with me? to where you didn't leave anything out, to where you were open and very transparent with me. When was the last time you did that? He he said, when was the last time you were broken in my presence? That you didn't care who was around you, and you didn't care how long it took, but you wouldn't move until I moved. 
And he kept on it. said, when was the last time you were specific to me about what you were wanting? About answers you were seeking? And then he had the final thing I felt the Spirit say to me. He said, when was the last time you waited on me to move and took your hands off of it? Instead of taking matters into your own hands. Because I'll admit, I've been good at that sometimes. Like, well, God, I think this is what you want, and you're taking too long, so I'm going to help you out. I don't do nothing but make a bigger mess. And God has showed me that studying this and, and things that I've walked through, That even though we may not like it, there's a period that we have to wait. There's that seizing of just waiting. And it's not a bad thing. No matter how much we may think it may be. And I'm not the most patient person in the world at all. I can become very impatient. But I've learned that in those times when I have to wait just because I'm being still, it doesn't mean God is. He's moving, and he's teaching me things, and he's showing me things that I couldn't learn if I didn't have that time of quiet, that time of waiting. But eventually Hannah's time of wait was over. She became pregnant. Samuel arrived, and then she kept her word. When she did the God, if you'll give me, I'll do this. She kept it. It says whenever Samuel was weaned, when he was old enough, she went back. She went back. She went to Eli. She said, you may not remember me, but sometime back I was here. You remember you thought I was drunk. You thought I hadn't been drinking that day, but I was so broken and I was praying for a child. I was praying for a son. I was praying through a, for a breakthrough. And he told me to go on my way and may God be with me and give me what I asked for. Well, here he is. I'm honoring now my end of the deal. Here is my son. I'm going to give him back to you where he can be brought up here. Hannah was a strong woman to do that. My hat's off to her. There's no way. But what jumped out at me, how many times have we said, God, if you'll move here, then I'll do this. And we get it. But we don't do what God, we told God we would do. I remember reading somewhere that God's gifting and his gifts to us are just that. They're gifts to us. That he's given us freely, but what we do with those, how we use them and what we do, that's our gift back to him. We're saying thank you in a, in a way. I'll say this, and then I'm, I'm, 
my notes were longer than what I anticipated. I thought they were longer, but they're not. <laughs> this will be a short service. But um, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're longing for, whatever desire God has put in your heart, whether it be in ministry, whether it be in your personal life, don't give up. Because sometimes it's just not right now. It doesn't mean your Sunday's not coming. It just means hang on. It means just keep keeping on. Keep fighting the fight. And your breakthrough will come. I know this from two areas in my own life. Ministry being one of them. Now, if you'd have told me I'd be doing this, I'd have laughed at you. said, no, it ain't going to happen. But God knows better than I do. But I know what it's like when everyone around you seems to be getting the very thing that you're longing for, the very thing that you have fasted and prayed and cried out to God for. It seems like it's happening to everybody but you. And then you look at some of them like, well, God, I know I could do better than that. Why them? Elise was probably two months old, if that. And I had her up here at church. It was on a Sunday night. And it was the first time Pastor Sharon had ever held her. And she come and she took her from me and she was looking at her and she was smiling down at her and just holding her, doing what Pastor Sharon does, just loving on the baby. And she looked and Pastor Sharon looked down at Elise and I don't even think she realized what she had done, but it floored me. I couldn't say anything. She said, she looked down at Elise and she said, you know, she said, your arrival might have been late as far as your mama was concerned. But for God, it was right on time. God was waiting for you to get here, to get plugged in here, because you were supposed to be brought up in this church. Because I prayed many a prayer for a baby. After Guillermo and I got married, longed for it, and it seemed like it was everybody to the right and left of me having babies. I was very happy for them. I didn't begrudge them that, but I'm like, God, when's it going to be me? When's it going to be my turn? And then you'd hear what you don't want to hear. You've got fertility issues. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm like, great. So I did the this and the that. And I'll never forget it. It was about April of 2009. I was driving into work. And I had just called to set up an appointment for some work that needed to be done. And as soon as I hung up, I called him right back and I canceled it. And I remember pulling the car over right when I turned into where I worked at. And I said, you know what, God, I said, that's it. I quit. I take my hands off of this. You gave me the dream. You gave me the longing. You gave me the desire to become a mother. And if it's your will, it's going to happen. But it won't happen with my hands in it or on it or anywhere near it. So I quit. I quit the medication. I quit anything. And if it's your will, it's going to happen. But either way, the dream, I give it back. I'm done. Because I, in my own hands, it's not working. I'm not getting anywhere. It wasn't three months later. Elise was on her way. 
and that little girl hadn't slowed down since. I ain't kidding. She keeps me on her toes, her and her little brother. But that goes to show you what God can do. You can go from a doctor saying, you know what, without this medication, it's just not going to happen. I was told that. I got two, two kids back there in, in the classrooms that, that's a totally contradiction of what I was told. But don't give up. Don't quit. Your time's coming. Same with ministry. I've longed to do something for God. I wanted to work in the church. Since I got saved at 19, that's something I'd always wanted to do. I wanted to be a part, a small part of something that was so much bigger than myself. That I knew that without God, I couldn't do it. That I knew that I would have to depend on him for every choice I made, every step I took, or I would crash and I would burn. And that was a 19-year-old first getting saved that thought, I could do it all. No, not even close. But God didn't forget that prayer for me. It just took a while. I had to learn a lot of things between 19 and 35. But it happened. I'm a part of one of the best churches around. And I'll say that. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm partial here, but we have the best church in Tuscaloosa. Hey. <laughs> Are we perfect? Nah. God loves us? Oh, yeah. And God's got great plans for the TFA. And I'm glad that I can be just a small part of something that is so much bigger that will impact this town for all of eternity. So in closing, use Hannah's God. Now they stayed, the NIV version, they'll title that the birth of Samuel. Okay, it's all in good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a theologian by a long shot. And it does discuss and it does tell about Samuel's birth, but to me it focuses more on Hannah and what she went through and the guy that she gave. She prayed. She was specific. She didn't give up after being taunted and taunted and taunted by another wife. She kept on. Because as far as my study after that first chapter, you don't hear nothing about that other wife no more, at least that I can find. It's like she didn't even exist after Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1. If she did, I can't find it. So don't give up. I know there's some of you probably in here not that, that, that's in that season of, God, when's it going to be me? But when will that breakthrough in my life come? Just know that God's working, even behind the scenes, even when we can't see it. Sometimes we can't even feel it. But he's there. And your someday is closer than what you think it is. Just keep keeping on. I'm going to pray. If there's anybody here that has a need, that has something that they're dealing with, you need prayer. I'll tell you like I tell my kiddos on Sunday morning when we do altar call. Find you a place. Whether it be where you're sitting, whether it be up here at the altar, just find you a place if you want to. Or if you want me to pray with you, I'd love to.